Hey everybody, Tori Townley here. Thank you so much for jumping on to this episode of Kaleidoscope Eyes. This is episode number three. I'm so pumped because I have someone on here today that is going to blow your mind. Um, we've been friends for couple years now we met at the Bur- yeah. at the Birmingham Dream Center slash Woodlawn Campus she runs the prayer ministry there and we went on a mission trip together the Los Angeles so Dream good. Center it was so much fun and um, our friendship really kind of took took like a deeper level for me at um, morning prayer earlier this year and I'll tell you guys about that in just a second but first of all hello to the lovely Miss Lauren Swain hey. hey thanks for having me Tori girl thank you so much much for taking your day off to do this and a sleepless night last night because <laughs> I was so late getting stuff to you um I, I was up so I'm just so excited like studying and getting ready for this conversation but just yes. to give a little bit of backstory for the guys who are watching which we're pretending that no one's watching this is just us getting coffee but right. you okay. know it's for the people who are listening so we love you guys um but we're just catching up so I, like I said, we went on that mission trip. It was so much fun. And truth be told, me and Catherine, who were the co-leaders, um, we definitely were like, who is Lauren? She is like this majestic creature. <laughs> we definitely said that a few times. Like, she's so majestic and we want to be like her and role model. Y'all are so Hello. funny. I'm not even lying. Catherine's going to kill me. It was like a girl crush, like a straight, holy girl crush. Um, but anyway, we love you to death. And like I said, at morning prayer earlier this year, um, it was after our mission trip, I guess like a year later. Um mm-hmm. You came up to me and just said, like, you prophesied into my heart and my life and were like, hey, God is, I think he's birthing something in you. I don't know if it's a human or if it's like a dream or what. And it turned out it was all of the above. Oh, um, my gosh. I remember that. <laughs> yes. I was like, I don't know what's happening. And that was at a time where I was just asking God a lot of questions. Like, I knew new things were coming. I knew that. I had stuff in my heart. I had a lot of questions, a lot of hard conversations I was working through. And you just kind of came in and were like, I don't know what's going on, but God wants me to lift your head. And you held my hand through so much. My mom finding out she had cancer, which thank you, Jesus, she's healed and like everything's good. Um, But you just became such a great friend to me. And um, we turned out had a lot in common with our love life and Mm -hmm. just a lot of different things. So we just became friends. And really, when I shared, I even shared my idea of this podcast with you. And you were like, you spoke so much life and confidence into that for me and had faith in it. Like, this is something that is going to help people for real. And it just kind of gave me the heart to keep pursuing it. So really, today would not yes. be happening without you. So thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and I remember that moment from prayer. And it was just like this, I felt, you know, it was like a, definitely a privilege and an honor to just even be able to pray with you. But the cool thing about it was there was like this godly excitement and this godly confidence that um, I was able to feel for you and for this journey that he was about to take you on. Like, I love when he does that. He lets me in a little bit on those pieces of people's lives in prayer to where it is just like, oh my gosh, like I get to feel this excitement of what is about to come a lot of times um, for people's life. And I got to feel that for you. Wow. 
Golly, that's so, it's so cool. And I still, I like feel chills right now just thinking about it. Because I felt, I was like, I've never had someone really just kind of get all up in my business in a good way. Like, this is what's (laughs) happening. And you just spoke so authoritatively. And then, like, you asked me to pray for you, too, about some things. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh, like, Lauren... Lauren Sway is asking me to pray for her. She's like the prayer <laughs> ministry person, and she's like the stallion of our group. I don't know what to do. Oh, my gosh. But it was just such a beautiful friendship, and it you you really, in that season, like, it was like an angel, like, was sent to me, mm. and um, I really, I don't know. Like, it was just crazy. It was just beautiful. So, thank you. I love you to Thanks, death. Thanks, so Love you. <laughs> Cool. So for today, like just so people kind of know where we're going, um, I asked you just to kind of share a little bit about who you are, like your day-to-day life, a little bit of your testimony. We'll talk a little about love life. And then at the end of the call, we're going to really kind of get deep. This is something I'm so thankful that you were open and willing to talk through. Um, We're going to talk about race and um, a race for unity. Um, Some of you guys may know that Pastor Miles McPherson just um, released a book called The Third Option, and it's really teaching people how to have conversations with each other to understand each other, whether it's a race thing or it's just humanity in general, understanding each other. And Obviously, there's a lot going on in the world right now, a lot of pain, a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of just simply not knowing. Um, but really his, his kind of take on it is we need to want to know. So having conversations, maybe it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Maybe you don't know how to start it up, but, um, Lauren, like I was super weird, but I came up to her and I was like, Hey, look, we're friends. I feel like I can ask you this. Um, but could you just, would you be willing to share today on, different things that maybe people in the out group, Pastor Miles talks about your in group and your out group and just educating people on things that we don't know. Um, So that's kind of the heart for today. I'm so excited about it, but I'm going to let Lauren, I'm going to let you just kind of tell, tell us about you. Okay. (laughs) So um, I guess as a profession, like in the springtime, just graduated with my master's in counseling. Um, so I'm super excited about that because just the journey to even get to that point, which is all God designed. Um, Hey Lauren, I do work at an out. Hold on. Hold on. Are you there? Hey, Say, say something. Hello. Okay, try now. Tori. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Is that good? Yes. Okay. Better. Okay, so awesome. you graduated. We got there. You graduated. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> graduated in um in May and you know, I was work I'm working currently at an outpatient clinic right now, um, addressing oh. mental health concerns, um, substance abuse concerns. Uh, we have People who are experiencing homelessness um, is a lot of the population that we serve, but we're just kind of opening up our doors to pretty much anybody and everybody. So for me, it's just an absolute privilege to be able to do that, um, to be able to serve in that capacity. So that's just kind of like what I do throughout the day. Um, But for the most part, I like to think of myself as a student and a teacher. Mm. So I'm always trying to learn from people, their stories, their experiences, um, which I think is the really the beauty of being able to work with people on a daily basis. Um, But I'm also I feel like a teacher in a sense. You know, I think that there is a sense of confidence in God's ability to work through me. 
to where like if he's going to meet wisdom in certain areas then mm-hmm. it is almost you know my job as a servant of his to go forth and teach um the word and teach the principles and teach you know godly values yeah. in everything that i do and to kind of walk with an attitude of worship I think that's the thing is that God has always pressed on my heart to let everything I do be of worship to him. And I'm not saying by any means that I do that perfectly because I don't. Um, but that I think is one of the core values and principles that I try to keep close to my heart. So that's kind of a piece of me, I suppose. Oh my gosh. I love you so much in your heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. So what chose, or what drove, drove you to choose this career path? Like that's, oh that's gosh. not an easy one to be able to just go. Out and know, right? Yeah. So it's funny because I started, like, I've always wanted to work with families. That's been my thing. So yeah. my undergraduate degrees, I have one in psychology and the other is in family and child development. And so that's just kind of been my thing. I thought I was just going to kind of go in and like teach people about family systems. And um, God was like, no, let's, let's take it to the next level. I want you to not only teach, but be able to walk with people through healing. Um, and so there's a part in my life where there was a definite need for healing. You know, a big part of my testimony, I guess, or my story is that, um, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict. So, you know, about 10 years now, I've been walking the road of recovery. And so the freedom that is being felt from that and the gift that God has given me through that journey, like I want to be able to share that with other people and I can do that in a professional and personal way. So grateful. Oh my gosh. Lauren, I didn't even realize that about you. I don't think I knew that part of your story. Yeah. Like I knew (laughs) you had like a moment, but I didn't know that 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 was the extent of it. Wow. So Mm -hmm. where did the, um, what was the turning point for you on your healing? Like what, what was the catalyst for that? (laughs) So honestly, it was, I mean, it was like, you know, some people would be like, you know, I got clean and sober and automatically my life changed and everything was great. And it wasn't really that experience for for me. I think it was probably at the five year mark of my sobriety where, um, you know, I had some things in life, some broken, definitely broken relationships, lots mm-hmm. of betrayal by people. And the only place for me to turn was to God in a way that I had not turned to him before. And so it was a really good friend of mine that was like, hey, you know, why don't you get involved in this kind of way with the church? And so I did. And I think that was the moment that changed the trajectory of my life because I walked in full relationship with God and I started to see him in this different light, but more, but I think a beautiful thing about that too, is that I started to see myself differently. And so a lot of things that I do try to teach on, or, you know, maybe preach on is the identity piece of ourselves is I think when we begin to walk in who we were created to be by understanding our true identity in Christ, then we become unstoppable for the kingdom. And it was in that moment of like feeling and knowing and like just resting completely in God's love to where it that's when it took off for me. And it like, it was year five and that was the perfect time for it to take off because it took me, I think being completely broken and mm-hmm. me being completely broken, you know, in and out of psychiatrist's office, in and out of therapy wow. offices, like, you know, like that was what it took for me. And I'm and utterly grateful for those experiences now. Wow. Like you're, Oh my gosh. To be able to say like, I'm thankful for the depths so that I can get to the heights. It's incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yes. And, um, 
wow. I just, it, the thing about you that's so cool is like when I met you, you're like walking in health and freedom and like, like the full power and that authority that you're talking about. I see that. And that's why me and Catherine are like, this girl is so majestic. Like, what is that about? How is she so incredible? And it's like, God, I believe that God will take our depths and flip them in proportion to the heights, if not more. And so you have completely embraced what your pain was and you're using it as the substance of hope and healing for yourself Mm -hmm. and others. And it definitely shows like if anybody has not met you who's listening to this, which I'm sure many (laughs) haven't, they just like they'll know when they hear you that that it's it's evidence of a miracle. So absolutely amazing. I love it. What was your, um, what was kind of like your background growing up? Like, were you brought up in church or what, what kind of did your childhood look like? Yeah. So I was brought up in church. Um, and you know, my mother, I guess I'll get the professions of my parents. My mother is a nurse. She's retired now. Um, she kind of works on and off still. And my dad is military. So that was kind of like the the atmosphere of our home. And so we are very involved in church. You know, I would go to church every Sunday and it was a thing. And it wasn't even like one of those situations where your parents kind of had to force you to go to church. It was like, I wanted to go to church. Like I was like wanting to be completely fed by God, even at such a young age. And I love to hear stories that my mom like often reminds me of when it comes to that, because sometimes I will forget. Um, But she also mentioned to me, she was like, you know, I knew God had a really big call on your life, mm-hmm. you know, even from the early ages, even from your earlier ages. And so wow. she she said that she could actually see the the way that the enemy was coming at me and was coming to attack me. And, I, you know, my mom is a, a praying woman. And so I know that like amped up her prayer life and stuff. Um, but it was just like a, it was a thing for me. Like I always wanted to be in the church and it was just kind of like, I remember one instance I was like, mom, I don't think I'm getting fed at this church anymore. Can we like find another church for us to get fed at? And she was like, okay, yeah, let's pray about it. And so then, you know, we transitioned churches. And so it was just kind of like that. Like I've seen my mom pretty much every single day of my life, wake up before the sun and pray for her family, you know, like that, the epitome of a Proverbs 31 woman. So it has always been just, you know, I'm overwhelmingly grateful to have that um, example. That is so incredible. And then to be able to walk out what you saw modeled, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you had your pain and you had your own story, but full circle, like the fruit of your mom's labor is beautiful. So cool. I love it. Okay, tell me a little bit about your love life, Mr. Sweet hey. Mr. John. We love Mr. John. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've met him like once, but I feel like I yes. know him so well and I love him. But tell me about <laughs> y'all's love life. <laughs> okay, so we actually worked together. We did. Okay. We, neither neither one of us are at the job where we met. But I think we were working together for like a year and a half before we actually okay. even exchanged like banter Mm. And I actually had some conversation. So it was through like a mutual friend in a sense as to how we got connected okay. with one another. And it started off really with us just being friends. It was nothing more than that. It was just like, you know, he's a good person. He's like, oh, she's cool. You know, we can be friends <laughs> and have these conversations with yeah. one another. So that's just kind of how it started. And, you know, and as you know, we've definitely hit some roadblocks in our relationship. And um, just, you know, by the grace of God and by God's, you know, mere, like you know, God is really like a miracle worker. You know, that's pretty awesome. 
but by him doing that, he's really been able to kind of like mold us individually into people that he wants us to be, therefore molding us together um, to be people that he wants us to be, to carry out his purpose. And I think that's one thing that has kind of, I wouldn't necessarily like say saved our relationship a lot of the times, but I would say that it has been one of those things that we continue to focus on is that there is purpose and intent in this relationship. And I think that's like a reason why we can have a pretty firm foundation. That's incredible. I He's cool. Yeah, he's cool. He's a winner. I I love it. I remember like you kind of sharing a little bit about me with some of the bumps and stuff and just the struggles Uh and what relationships don't struggle. And I remember like for me and Josh, my husband, he went through a lot of stuff like even before we met. Like I met him when he was coming off the cusp of addiction, like day two. Okay, I'm out of this. Okay. And luckily for him, like he never really veered back into it while we were in a relationship. Like for him, it was just one of those miraculous stories. But there was still a lot of healing to be done. There was a lot of just like relearning how to live and Uh learning how to be a Christian in general. So our story is a little different, but I remember relating to that and with you guys and um, just how, what it's like to love somebody with depth. Like you have your own depths, but there's, there's this grace and there's, um, I think it's like going through a fire together. Like my dad used to tell me, um, like, I think what I noticed about you was your heart is just so surrendered. Like, if God works this through, my heart is surrendered. We're working through this together. If he wants us to be separated for a while yes. or in general, like, I want the best for both of us individually. And if that's together too, cool. And um, I related to that a lot. You you kind of um, highlighted that for me in my own story I was like yeah my dad used to tell me surrender is everything if your palms are open God's gonna work in people's lives he's gonna work individually and if he brings you together cool but if he takes it away then there's something better planned Uh and so I just think that y'all's story is so cool because it's a hundred percent surrender um it's incredible so that was the thing I mean it really was I think was um just kind of like keeping God at the focus. Like I had to tell myself, like God is good at the end of the day, regardless of whatever happens, God is a good God. And I remember like telling John a couple of times, like if God tells me to leave you, I want you to know that I'm going <laughs> to, that I'm going to leave you, you know, like it is yeah. just like, because it's like for me, and it, I think it will always be like this for me with it, when it comes to him and our relationship is that, you know, I will always want him to love God more than he loves me. That's mm-hmm. it. And I'm going to always love God more than I love him. Yeah. And it, whatever God tells me to do as it relates to him, I know it's coming from a place of love. Yeah. And so if I am wanting to walk in love and loving him, then I will be obedient to the way that God needs me to love him, whether it be like loving in a close proximity or loving further away just as an associate or a friend. And so that was one of the things very early on in our relationship that I had to you know, wrap my mind around and just like rest in that, in that truth. And my goodness, I'm so glad, like, I really am glad. And I get, you know, I talk to God about John a lot and I get to tell God, I said, you know, this is like probably one of the coolest things that I've got gotten to see, um, to be able to witness a miracle in someone's life that you love and that you're so close to is by far probably one of the the best things. Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally relate to that. I tell God all the time, like, 
Josh to me is like one of the most precious jewels of the crown. Like I just, I sit, it's so creepy, but like he'll just, he'll be snoring on the couch and I just watch. I'm like, look at that little beauty. He's just, he doesn't know this because he's so like not emotional. He doesn't like all the gooey stuff. I'm like, Jesus, you like plucked him out of the darkness and he's here and he loves you. And oh my gosh, it's so cool. And I'm not going to lie, I had moments though, because you know, we are daughters of the king. And so we are guarding our hearts. We're making decisions right. it's it's no light thing to enter into a relationship with someone so if they have dealt with issues not that you haven't but you're very careful to guard your heart and there's nothing wrong yes. with that but if God yeah. leads you for me it's expanded new dimensions in my heart of just like there's a different kind of grace like Tori you've never learned to love someone who's walked there but it's it's expanded just like what we're going to talk about with the whole racial conversation like Uh for me it was just someone of a different background people expected me to marry a pastor they wanted me to marry someone who was going to be in ministry his whole life but Uh I'm like Josh Townley is a minister because he loves people every single day and I'm breaking a stereotype and I got a lot of flack for it but I learned God's voice for myself I guarded my Uh heart but he led me to this place and I totally get it there's a richness of being able to love somebody like that so it's, it's beautiful. It makes you better. And you speak, well, you, and you speak on grace and that's been yeah. like one of the, the biggest lessons in, um, when it comes to relationships, it's just that grace, giving grace yeah. and forgiveness. And, you know, oftentimes when it comes to my prayer for my relationship with John is that I want, I pray this because I know how weak I am in my flesh a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And so I asked God, I said, can I have eyes like you to see him the way that you see him? And when he gives me those eyes, it is just like a, <laughs> like, I want to be mad sometimes and I can't be mad because like God's like, nope, here are my eyes and this is the love and here's the grace mm-hmm. and things. And I think that's like the, the beauty of bringing God into relationships, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And always bringing God into relationships every single time because we're human and we fail. But when God is there, there's like a love that abounds and miracles, signs and, signs and wonders get to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. It's just, I think it's different. I think it's different when you love from the source of God and love from the source of the world, you know? Wow. Amazing. I just love the foundation that you, you stuck to. Like that had to be hard to like put those boundaries. So if I, if God tells me to leave you, I'm going to leave you. Like no girlfriend (laughs) wants to say that. It's okay to say it while you're dating, but still hard. Don't say it while you're married. But, um, (laughs) but it's just like, oh my gosh, that foundation is probably like a big catalyst of the freedom and the joy and the grace that you're able to walk in every day. So, Mm absolutely amazing okay so now if you have do you have anything else to say on that as far as any advice or anything before we jump on to the next subject okay so maybe this I think and this might be a good little segue too because the person that you're in relationship with is the best teacher of themselves um Mm. and so John John teaches me so much about himself and he teaches me how to love him and same for me like you know I teach John about teach him about me and show him and teach him like, you know, how to love me in a sense. And I think that can go from like romantic relationships to just your everyday relationships with people and people who are different than you. Cause John and I come from completely different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, he is white and I'm black. And so it's just, you know, lots of <laughs> variances in it. So it's like, well, let me hear your story. 
And I think that's one of the greatest things about our relationship is because like if we focus so much on our differences, because there are a lot, Mm -hmm. then we'll get stuck focusing on those differences. But if we can look and see like the similarities that him and I have, which is actually more, I think the book references it. The third option is like we're 99.5% alike, you know, and that is like if we focus on that, then it's a lot easier to walk in relation with somebody. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I have so many thoughts racing through my head. I don't even know like where to go next. So like, I have questions about this and that and thoughts <laughs> on this and that. Like it's, I was, okay. So like I mentioned Saturday, they did that seminar um, right. about race for unity. And I was like in the gym trying to take notes and work out at the same time. Then I went to like Hobby Lobby. I have a notebook as I'm driving on my lap. Like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, it's about the kaleidoscope theory. It's all kaleidoscope. Everybody's a kaleidoscope. <laughs> but, it's, but it seriously blows my mind how much there can be different colors, different races, different shapes and sizes, different stories, and yet mm-hmm. perfect unity. And that to me is the exact basis of this whole podcast is celebrating differences and bringing people into community through that. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it blows my mind. So you guys, you model that and I'm just so pumped. Anyway, so thank you for like jumping into this conversation with me Um, on in the book and on the seminar, they talked about having a racial consultation, which kind of sounds scary, but I think it's such a key thing for today's world, like not just black and white, but anybody of all differences. How do we learn about each other? He mentioned at the end of the seminar, like what a fun life to live if your whole mission is just to learn more about other people. And that's really what my heart is. So this is one conversation that we can have. Um, but I wanted to, they, there's just, there's so many thoughts. We're 99.5% identical. I love that so much. Um, and I have tons of notes. If anybody is watching this and wants to like learn more, you can go to aracefornity.com and they have resources. They have like questions. If you want to have a talk like this with someone or a group, um, it's, it's all kinds of stuff and get the book, a third option, the third option by Miles McPherson. It's amazing. But anyway, so Lauren, before I jump into like all the questions that I have, I kind of pulled some from the small group and kind of made some up of my own, but is there anything you want to preface this with if someone is interested in having a conversation in group out group I want to learn more about someone who is not exactly like me what would you say are some great like steps that they can take like first first thing to do um just to open it up it can be a little scary I was a little nervous to ask you like is this going to be offensive even to ask I don't know but I just I know that I want to learn more I don't know what to do so what would you say what's the good starting point I think I would start by saying just prepare your heart Um, and whether it be, you know, just going into prayer and asking God to prepare your heart or where it's just like, you know, a quiet moment of just like silence and meditation. Um, But I think that's just like one of the the big things, prepare your heart um, and keep an open mind and let the individual that you're speaking with be an expert on their story. Because they are, each and every one of us are expert on our own own story, and I think that's um, when we when we start there. So I think that lays a great foundation, and also to walk in um, already undefended, yeah. to walk in with love, yeah. 
So, you know, it goes back to, hey, God, give me your eyes for this person. Because I think when we do that, it lets us automatically walk in seeing the similarities and seeing, um, but uh, seeing people authentically, I guess that's the best way to say it. Yeah. Gosh, so beautiful. You're speaking my language. I just love it. I'm like in dreamland. Oh my gosh. But it's so true. He he talked about, I'm going to reference him a lot because I just learned so much from Pastor Miles and the, yes. whole, the whole thing. And that's like my point of reference. I've never done this before. Um, but they talked about not negating someone's story. Like my, right. again, I reference my dad a lot too, but he used to tell me growing up, like if you have a doubt about God. Like, yes, you read the Bible. That's great. Like that is a hundred percent truth, but listen to your own stories. Like has God Mm. been faithful to you in the past? Listen to someone else's story. You cannot argue with someone's testimony or their story because it's theirs. And so he, he, in the uh, seminar, Pastor Miles talked about not, not negating someone's testimony. Like don't, don't don't even question it like that's theirs you can't take mm-hmm. that and so that's beautiful coming with the posture of just listening and, and valuing each person's yeah. story is mm-hmm. awesome so okay the small group questions that they gave are pretty fun they give a lot of like um instructions on how to kind of prepare your heart like you said and just kind of get ready for it there's some like family ground rules of things so the idea is to get a group of people together of different walks of life different ethnicities different backgrounds and just talk for awareness yeah so today like that's kind of what we're doing one-on-one but the first thing is just have an icebreaker so um, I really think that conversations like this, you probably agree, are important to like, it's kind of important to have a relationship or some sort of personal connection before you just jump into, hey, what's it like being in a different race? Okay, cool. You know, you, you it's it's not, that's not who you are. That's part of who you are, but that's not who you are. Um, right. So it talks about starting with an icebreaker. So we've heard a little bit about Lauren. We know your story a little bit, um, but I had some other fun little questions. So my favorite is, what is your middle name? name Kathleen Kathleen that's so cute Kathleen yes like Meg Ryan on you've got mail oh my gosh yes yes I used to like not like my middle name and then it took me a while to like love it and I think it has means like strength and power or something I'm like you know oh yeah let's get get behind it that's so cute I love it does it come from like family or anything or just your mama liked it no my my grandmother actually gave me that middle name. I found out a little bit later in life. It was a, yeah, she was like, well, just name her Kathleen. You know, put her That's middle so name as Kathleen. So I said, okay. Your My grandma- mom was like, all right, that works. It's a gift from your grandmama. That's so yes. sweet. I and I receive it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Kathleen, beautiful. Okay, what is one of your pet peeves? Like, quirky pet peeves. Oh, man. Okay. When your friend doesn't tell you the podcast is going to be a video and audio. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, I should have done my hair today. No. Um, oh, man. Beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm really trying to think of something that really irks me. Um, oh, oh, I know what it is. Okay. I know what it is. So, like, when somebody uses the last of something, whether it's, like, a toilet paper roll or a paper towel roll, they don't throw it away and put a new one on there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That really I definitely me. just did that, like, two minutes ago before we started this. Um, I'm going to go pick that up now. <laughs> Okay, good to know. I hope John listens to this. He might know it by now, but that's a good tip for him to know. Okay, <laughs> is he in here? <laughs> he just looked away. <laughs> okay, good one. 
All right. If I ever come visit your house, I will not do that. Um, all right. What? This is the last one. What makes you just like childlike all like giddy like a little kid? You act like goofy because you just are so happy. What makes me like that? Yeah. Or what is an experience? Um. Man, I think, it, I don't know, like, I think probably just, like, letting, like, when people are just, like, authentically themselves and stuff like that, and yeah. just, like, laughing and joking and dancing around and just being, like, absolutely ridiculous. I think that's probably, like, one of the things that I feel the most in tune to and most, because when I think of, like, childlike, I think of, like, vulnerable, and yeah. I think of those moments where, like, we're, like, completely ourselves and just, like, you know, just doing whatever. It. It's so probably cool. some of the happiest and joyous moments. That's so cool. I love it. Is that, like, would you say when you're, like, dancing and stuff, do you feel that way with people? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I wish I could yeah. dance so bad. Again, she's so majestic. <laughs> I can't even be like her. <laughs> like <cranky> music. <laughs> so beautiful. Okay, so now jumping into a little bit more of the questions. And some of this, like, I have well, would like for you to answer, like, from a personal level, but then some of it just give commentary of, like, hey, this question's great for others to ask each other, for us to ask each other because blank, blank, blank. Okay. Um, okay. Because I want this to be, like, an example for people, like, a tool. Like, hey, here's, here's what it looks like walked out. So, anyway, the next question that they give is what race or ethnicity are you? How do you identify? Okay. okay. So, what you got? So, I've been hesitant. <laughs> like, not done it yet. John has been encouraging me, like, to get my DNA checked and stuff like that to see, like, what I'm mixed with or whatnot. But from what I know, pretty much African-American, Native American, and a little bit of um, Caucasian. Wow. Where's the the Native American and Caucasian mixing? Those will be coming from, like, my great-grandparents. Cool. Cool. And And a lot of the Native American is from, like, my mom's dad. Gotcha. I think he was, yes. Gotcha. Cool. Wow. That's so much fun. I love it because, like, you don't know. People look at what's the most obvious piece, but when you said Native American, I was like, wow, I can, like, see. That's so cool. I have, like, German. (laughs) I have the worst of the worst, but it's not the worst. I'm not hating on Germans. I just have, you know, this is a little boring compared to... Oh, God. You wanted it to be a little bit more, like... A little more exotic. Yeah. That's why I celebrate color, because I don't have any... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I want a little bit. I just, Jesus, I please, come on. I've been trying. I've been tanning for, like, days, and I got nothing. Ugh. Anyway. Okay. Cool. So, that's super fun. All right. This one's a little bit deeper level question. Um, okay. Wh- what was the first time that you were conscious of your ethnicity, and what did it communicate to you about yourself, like, what you realize about yourself, your family, or others in your group. Do you do you know the answer to that question? I, I do believe I do, and okay. I want to make sure that I, you know, speak correctly about okay. this. I think yeah. um, from a very young age, I was very conscious about, you know, my ethnicity and my culture because yeah. it was one of those things that was, like, kind of taught to me in a way of just honor. You know what I mean? So it's cool. like, this is who you are, and, and it comes from, like, this is the beauty of who you are. And... I don't think it was, and that was taught very early in my home, you know what I mean? Like, my mom, she's just so amazing, and, you know, my dad is as well, but they always made sure to, for my sister and I to know that we were, like, 
beautiful, wonderful children of God. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things that was like reinforced to us. But then they, you know, it was like this, this desire and thirst to know a little bit about our culture and our identity. Um, And so I was a, I love to read. I'm like a nerd when it comes to stuff like that. So it was one of those things where like I had a thirst for knowledge as it um, related to culture and ethnicity and just, you know, my race in general. Wow. That's so cool. Sorry, go ahead. And now I'm saying it, but there are some, but that was like in the home, you know, when you step out into the world, there were definitely some, um, not so pleasant, I guess is the best way to say it experiences Mm -hmm. that I've had as it related to my culture and ethnicity. Um, you know, sometimes people come from a perspective of a single story and I'll look at that as like, they know of one incident they've had or one person of a certain culture or race, um, ethnicity that they've encountered and that is a story that they consistently go with for every single encounter. So sometimes I've gotten like the, the, the grunt of that experience that they've had mm-hmm. as the way people have responded or reacted to me. Um, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, I've heard, you know, I heard from people like, Oh, you're pretty for a dark skin girl. So that was always like a, um, <laughs> like a, just a, you know, nice little punch in the stomach there, you know, a negative wrapped up in a compliment. Mm-hmm from coming from people's intentions and connotation. And I think if I had not had such a great foundation at home, that a lot of things that I experienced out in the world would have affected me differently. And not saying that they didn't, because every time I had, I've been called a racial slur, you know, it definitely does sting a little bit, but it goes back to, I think, to that identity piece of knowing who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of did, what did a lot of saving for me. Man, oh my gosh. It's just, it's always, every time I hear, like, a close friend who has ever been put down, it blows my mind. I'm like, that would ne- I would never do that. Like, what the heck? But it's mm-hmm. like, they, th- there's an awareness. Um, they talk about, uh, again, Pastor Miles talked about the movie Remember the Titans and yeah. how there was sunshine and he was trying to take his two African-American friends into this bar and mm-hmm. th- they were like, no, 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 we're not going and right. then he's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. They went in and then they were like completely degraded and it was horrible. And one of them was like, it's okay, dude. He didn't know. And then the other one said, no, guys, he didn't want to know. He didn't so want to know. And so our job is to want to know. And that's, I think that's so important is just wanting to know, like, what have you mm-hmm. been through? And it blows my mind. And, um, but anyway, um, when you first kind of, I, I love that you said your mom and your dad kind of gave you that narrative. And that's so beautiful Mm -hmm. that they from a young age told you your worth and your value and yes there were things that attacked it which is a shame but you were able to stand strong because that was your foundation that was your perspective coming up um so what like would be some um I'm trying to decide I don't know which way to go with it um There's so many beautiful, there's so much richness. Um, I want to go back to, you said like sometimes slurs were made at you or things like that. Uh Could you give, if it's not too weird, like some instances, maybe not too specific to put anyone under the bus, but just um, some times that you've been really actually made to feel less. And does that happen frequently? Or, because like, I don't know. I asked one of my other friends a while back, like, hey, have you ever made to feel less because of your skin color? Mm-hmm. And the story that she told me blew my mind. I was like, that did not happen in 2018 right. or whenever. Like, yeah. that did not happen. And it's just so important. It's uncomfortable, but I want to know. So do you have any 
you talk about that a little? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I'm more than happy to. You okay. know, I think vulnerability is like the birthplace of relationships. Yes. And I re- like there are a few instances. One is, I guess, more of like a, it didn't happen specifically to me, but it affected me in a sense. So it was when I was in high school, and I think my school addressed this, you know, quite well. Mm-hmm. So I do want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. But I was in high school, and I can't remember what team it was that we played um, that day. But we come into school, and there's a racial slur spray painted on our building, um, on our school building. And so let me let me give a little bit of a disclaimer about our school, which so love. So we had like a blend of different races and cultures and ethnicities and mm-hmm. everything at our school. And so we are like one big family, you know what I mean? Like everybody kind of knew everybody, and it was just like a just this love that was kind of spread and shared. And so. When that happened, it did not divide us anymore. It actually made us come together a lot more, which I think is, like, the opposite of what that slur was intending to do. And, you know, so I remember that being, like, a a moment for me because I was like, oh, you know, like, okay, so I don't know why somebody would have that hate in their heart or, you know, why that would happen. But that's what somebody wanted to express. And another incident I remember was um, when I went to tailgate at a football game with some of my friends, and we were just kind of, like, you know, out, just hanging out and stuff like this. And, and there was a guy who walked past me and he like yelled at me this racial slur. And it was one that I had not been called before. So, and so what was spray painted on our school was the N word. And so that one was one I had, you know, been called, you know, previously and things. But so this one that he yelled out to me at the football game was not one that I had been called before. And I don't know why that touched me a different way. Maybe because it was a little bit more isolated and it was like super intentional because it was like a pointing and stuff oh. going on. And it was like tons of people around and it was just kind of like very awkward and uncomfortable. But yeah, I remember that experience greatly. Like it was one that has kind of stuck in my head a lot. Oh my gosh. It's a shame. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, how did you kind of recover from that? Like moving forward, how did you heal? What? How do you react? I th- like, legitimately, I was really shocked because I was just kind of like, whoa. It was, like, mm-hmm. not expecting it or anything like that, you know. And I think it was just, like, I don't remember, like, mentioning it to anybody that we were with because I was like, I don't want to bring this into, like, this fun that we're having. And I just remember, like, ruminating on it. And, like, mm-hmm. I remember for weeks I would – like replay the scene in my mind and be like okay so no 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 this didn't really happen this is not you know he wasn't talking to me like it wasn't you know but like no legitimately Lauren it was and so it was just coming to terms of okay so how do I find forgiveness for this person and how do I not harbor any like ill feelings because you know the in my flesh I'll put it this way in my flesh a lot of times I want to react in a like oh my gosh, somebody hurt me, so how can I hurt them? Mm -hmm. But if I'm operating in my spirit, it's like somebody hurt me, so how can I love them? Like, what can I do would be my next step of love? And if it cannot specifically be them, it could be walking in the love piece. Wow. Goodness gracious. Like, just the beauty of your heart. I've I've never been put in a situation like that. Like, never. Never, never, never. I mean, there have been people who have been rude, but never because of something like that, something so stupid. And it's not that I have... I have any racial tendencies in my heart, but I have ignorance. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. that my peers 
are walking through that oppression every single day. And it wasn't, like you said, you didn't want to, like, make a big deal about it. So you just kind of were quiet, accepted it, internalized, and moved on. Mm -hmm. And so I do love what you said about the school situation, how it brought people together more so than apart. Like, that is incredible. And I... That's what I'm kind of excited about right now. It's like there, I I would never wish for lives to be lost. I would never wish for the violence and the just the horrible things that are happening to take place. But I also see the pendulum swinging to the other side, to where people are starting to be like, "Wait, yes. what? Something is wrong, and we're gonna get this right." And it's like today, I I am so excited because I just feel like we're in this giant rainbow of color, and it's so much fun because we're we are working to something more beautiful. So I, I love that point that you made um I did want to ask you um you said that John is white guy so what has that experience (laughs) been like with interracial dating have you experienced any sort of like pushback or any any complications or anything there um on either side (laughs) definitely Uh, so I see it a lot like when we're in public mm-hmm. a lot of times you know um sometimes we'll get like some judgmental stares and things which is like which is fine I'm just like oh they just you know they think we're just cool looking you know like that's how I try to spin the story in my head oh they just think we're like cool and stuff um and but uh, I think a lot of the beauty of our relationship I guess like with with any like with each other is that mm-hmm. I remember there's this one time we were just like driving and I was telling John, I was like, you know, there's, you know, times where it's just kind of like, I might go on a trip and it's like, well, let me figure out where the roads that I'm taking and so forth. And then it goes down to, okay, so let me figure out what bathrooms I can stop at and not feel some type of way. And he was like, oh, you know, I've never, what? I never knew that was like a thing. And so what that did was that opened up a conversation for us. He was like, so tell me a little bit about what your experience is like you know just being a black woman in America and to me I was like all right so cool this gives us a little bit more depth this gives us a little bit more richness and vulnerability within our relationship for me to be able to share this with you in a way that does not place me as a victim but just as a human you know what I mean like this is legitimately some things that I've experienced and it's not like a you know a, a worse than or anything like that but it's just like this is life sometimes wow Golly, like, hmm, it's incredible that y'all are able to just have those conversations. I can't really hear you, Tori. Uh Uh-oh. Hey. Here we go. Back. Okay. Okay. I had (laughs) myself on mute. I'm sorry. My bad. Anyway, no, that's so, so cool that y'all can have those talks. And it's, it's, again, it's hard. And it makes me so mad that you have to have talks like that, that why is it any different for you? Why Mm -hmm. should it be? But again, it's just so cool to be able to work through it. So what are, um, what are some things maybe that you told John that you being a black woman in America, um, things that it's like, like, I, I didn't know that you had to worry about what bathroom you stopped at still God. to this day. It's freaking 2018. I know. I did not. I'm I like, know. dude, what? That's insane. What? Okay. Mm, my blood's starting to boil, but grace, <laughs> Jesus, grace, Jesus. Okay. But yeah, tell me like, it, just some other things. Like, what are some examples that you told John that your experience has been like? Yeah. So that was definitely one of them. But then also some things are just, um, 
as simple as, you know, sometimes I'll have conversations with people on the phone who have not yet met me. And then um, I might walk in a room and they might see, be somewhat disappointed uh, by the fact that there's this like black girl walking in the room. And they're like, oh, okay. So I completely thought you were going to be somebody different or, or whatnot. And it, you know, it, and I think a lot of it too is the, their perception, but like, I know that there are other cultures, other ethnicities and races that don't get much representation in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so I think like when it comes to, like, even if I look at the fashion industry, you you don't really see many um, Asians upon stages walking in runway shows. Um, There's a very slim handful of African-Americans, you know, a smaller handful of like Hispanics walking Mm -hmm. in shows. And so it's things like that. It's just, you know, just like exposure Mm -hmm. to things. And I think it's one of those things that we, like, if I'm walking, if I'm like only focusing on myself and things like that, then I'm not opening up to see like, okay, so I see that this other person or race is not being represented as much. And I'm kind of wondering what that is about because, you know, like, I'm pretty sure the people who are watching the shows that are different want to see themselves or, you know, sure. and things like that. So it's yeah. it, and kind of, be, so it even goes down to smaller things like that, like. Like have confidence and courage in myself and things like that, because there is, there are people in society who might look at me and think a little bit less than, or people who like, you know, question my dialect often and say, oh, you sound like this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, you know, it's just kind of how my parents taught me and how I was raised as to why, you know, I speak the way I do. It's not accounted towards uh, any type of race or anything like that. Yeah. Wow. That is some incredible insight that, like, again, I wouldn't know this stuff if I wasn't asking. And I'm so thankful that you just have taken time to be vulnerable and open up because it it probably isn't comfortable to have to, to share these hard things, but, um, it's, there's just so much truth in it and it's making, it's Mm -hmm. helping my life grow. And I love that you said, it's not just a black and white question. It's everybody question. It's right. I got to learn about every single person and your story represents your life, not all of the African American race. However, there are a lot of general things that it's crazy is still happening and I guarantee you there's a ton of people like me in my my little world my circle who have no clue of what's happening like I thought I was doing good I'm like yeah I have friends of all the different colors and we're all different (laughs) stories and we connect and life's beautiful and we're happy and it's like but you don't know that Lauren's like having to figure out which bathroom to use still to this Mm -hmm. day and Mm -hmm. so um yeah just thank you for being so willing to open up on those questions um I do want to go to a couple more. We have just a few more minutes. Um, As far as, there's several more questions on the small group uh, guide that are really good. Um, But I just want to ask you a couple of things. Um, What would you say are some good questions that should be asked? Like I made some up today. I used some from the guide. But what are some good questions, not just a black and white conversation, but just in general, I want to know more about this person. So you said get your heart ready to have the conversation first. Mm -hmm. And then as far as walking out the conversation, where would you tell people to kind of start? Maybe your top three or four questions. Okay. So I think one of the first questions I want to know is tell me how you were loved. Okay. Um, 
And by starting off with that, I think it just sets the atmosphere of like care and compassion. And then we get to see how people will love and how they respond to love and how they receive love. Um, and then tell me what your story is like in a sense of, you know, definitely tell me. And I think you don't want to like just go straight into it. So tell me what your experiences are like as like, you know, without laying some foundation. So I think just kind of maybe asking one of those like, general questions like what is something about your day that brings you the most joy Mm -hmm. you know like what is it about your day that kind of that you find kind of hurts you in a sense and what is something that someone who doesn't know you should know about you that's a good and I think maybe just having those baseline questions allows just a relationship to be formed and then from that relationship we can open up about so tell me about your experiences yeah. Tell me what it's like to be you. And if I had to walk in your shoes one day, what is it that you would want me to know, feel, experience? Dang, that is so beautiful. Such a beautiful way to frame it. I, I'm taking notes because I really think this that's something that people can take and use in their everyday life. Like, that's a great way to frame it up. So good. And I can tell you really prayed about that and thought through it <laughs> and what it's going to sound like. So that's awesome. Um Okay, and then just how do you think if if someone really doesn't interact with people who look differently a lot, their bubble is a little bit smaller, and they're really not sure how to even go about it. Like they may spot someone at church, spot someone in public who looks different, mm-hmm. but they don't. You don't want to be awkward, but you do want. You're craving diversity. Like I'm about to have right. a kid, and I want to make sure that he sees different races and colors in life. Uh Um, But what would you say are some steps that you can take and not make it weird? (laughs) Oh, man. Because, like, when I think about, oh, gosh, I got to go introduce myself or meet this person. Like, it, you know, that can be terrifying. Uh It really can be. It can be awkward, and it can be extremely scary. Um, But even if it's, like, in the smallest detail, like, if you see them getting coffee, it's just like, oh, okay, so cool. How do you like your coffee? You know, like, I like mine black. I like mine with a little bit of cream and sugar. It could be in in, in those smallest things. Um, And it could be in, like, hey, those shoes are cute. You know, like, Mm -hmm. just complimenting something or asking something um, of a person that is not invasive to start off with. um, Because at the end of the day, you want to be comfortable doing it. You want the other person to not feel awkward so you want them to feel comfortable as well that's good and really that's the truth for any like hey I want to go I need to go meet someone at church yeah whoever they look like hey you got to start somewhere it's gonna feel weird I'm shy I don't go out whatever um so that makes sense you just start with something simple just like dating you know mm-hmm. <laughs> hey <laughs> yeah. hey girl how you doing <laughs> it's gonna be weird hey, you're gonna look back yeah. and be like hey remember how we met that was horrible but now we're good friends yes. so that's cool that's awesome okay so we are coming up on an hour I don't want to really go too much longer past that I could go on four hours like we should have a sequel because this has been just so so yeah, so good but um any closing thoughts that maybe we didn't get to before we go um just, yeah yeah okay yeah. Go ahead. So there has been this guy that I've been following, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's not new to the game. I'm just new to his gaming. <laughs> and his name is Gary Zukoff, right? And so okay. he talks about um, the community and the big community. Okay. And, you know, his work is just actually absolutely so profound because he talks about um, our ability to relate to one another with love and compassion. And that mm-hmm. is the place in which I think 
we should get to because I think a lot of the the separatism that goes on is due to fear and us operating out of fear. And so, and I look at fear and love. I look at when I look at love, I see God. And so when I see God, I see unity, right? And so on the opposite side of that, there is fear. And so when I see fear, I see us operating out of inadequacy, insecurity, lack, um, and things of that nature, which, and hate and anger. Those are the things that, you know, I see a lot of times that we operate out of when it comes to separatism. But he talks a lot about the big community and how we have these little isolated communities, like, me and my friends were one community or me and my race were one community or you and your race are one mm-hmm. community and we are doing each other this absolute disservice wow. and i think god has called us to be like this big community you know he talks about us being the church talks about us being this big community to where it's like okay so i identify with this person because of this i identify with this person because of that and if we cannot identify with a person because of something like that looks different on the outside. I know two things that we can always identify with people with, and one is going to be pain and the other one's going to be love. And so like, you know, if we, if we can't think of anywhere else to start, let's see, we can start there. Oh, so good. Who was, who was that? Gary, what's his name? Zukov. Zukov. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is so, so good. And again, I'm going to say kaleidoscope theory because that is the whole thing. It's all the community, all in big, one big cylinder, reflecting each other, everything. Oh, that's such a good thought, Lauren. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You're my hero. Okay. So if people want to get in touch with you, I know you do a lot of Facebook live, Facebook videos that you preach. You have a ministry. It's awesome. Um, so if they have questions, maybe just about, they want to follow you. They want to kind of, I don't know, just be ministered to ministered to by you. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Where are you on social media, et cetera, et cetera. So on Facebook, it's just Lauren Swain, L-A-U-R-E-N. Swain, S-W-A-I-N, and my page is, like, pretty much open to the public. And then for my Instagram account, it is low, L-O, Swain, S-W-A-I-N, 7. And then for my email, it is Swain, S-W-A-I-N, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, 7, at gmail.com. And so, like, I love friends. I love people. (laughs) So I'm always, like, ready and willing to connect to, to new people and like to hear people's stories and stuff so oh my gosh. it's just a privilege you're so sweet you like went there here's my email y'all call me <laughs> i hope your inbox is no that's okay you know <laughs> i hope your inbox floods though that's awesome cool yeah. well i cannot thank you enough seriously for this conversation i'm gonna like just go lay on the bed and just weep and go over my notes because seriously you're beautiful just um, thanks for having me yeah would you mind praying usually I pray but I just I just think I want you to pray like over this movement that's happening yeah, over the people sure. who want to seek this out and just to give wisdom to to their steps so absolutely okay. absolutely thank you for asking me it's an honor um so father god we just come today Lord, we just come just lifting your name up high, Father God, exalting you above all things, Lord. And so we ask for your spirit to just 
well here, Lord God. We're just praying that you will just usher it in right now, Lord God, that you will lay your spirit upon this world, Lord God, upon our hearts today as just like a blanket, Lord, and that we begin to see you in every single person that we meet, that we begin to experience your love, Lord God, and let it flow through every single person that is listening under the sound of my voice, Lord God. And I pray that you will just expose every area within our hearts, Father God, that show us, Father, our inability to love, Lord God, so that we can begin to access the source of all love, which is you, Lord. And Father, we are declaring, Father, for just a complete foundation. We are binding up any spirit of separation, Father God. We're binding up any spirit of oppression, Father God, any racial divide, Lord God, any cultural divide. It is just binded in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we are declaring for your spirit, Father God, to be the thing that inhabits this earth, Lord. Lord God, that you are calling your children, Father, and I speak to every single heart, every single person who feels called to lead in this area, Father God, that you will just breathe life inside of them and that they will just stand up, Father, and begin to walk because you say that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few, Father God, but this is the season where the workers are going to stand up and they are going to go forth and do the work that you have called them to do, Father, and we are just loving you and thanking you for this revival that is about to take place, Lord God, and I pray that you will open our eyes to be able to see the miraculous works that you are doing and open our ears to hear, Lord God, and send us people as we go out, Father God, we thank you for the divine appointments that you have already placed in, on our path, Lord God. And I pray that we operate with full wisdom and love 